What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Mo back with another episode of Up in Flames. I got a special guest. He's been on here before, my boy Dante Artis. Y'all might know him as the assistant coach of the Wilson Prep Tigers. Dante, what's going on? What's going on, man? Hey, man, glad to have you back. So, you know, um, first things first, bro, let's get into really what you've been doing. You're the assistant coach at Wilson Prep. Um, everybody knows the North Carolina, the Hoop State, <clears throat> has kicked off the new high school basketball season. So tell me a little bit about that and, and the journey has been because high school hoop starts what in October typically. So for y'all to have your mm -hmm. first couple games in January, uh, what, what's been the journey as far as getting back on the court? Uh, it's, it's, it's been tough. I ain't gonna lie. It's been real tough. Like you said, we used to start earlier and um, we ended up having our first official practice in December this year. And it just, it, I mean, the adversity, it, it's, it's been a lot. It's been way different. The kids trying to adjust to it. Uh, my first three games been canceled because of COVID. And a lot of our kids were um, up and down because they preparing for practice every week. And then, boom, the opposing team, the opposing team called and say we might got to reschedule. Man, we might, you know what I'm saying? We got to get this guy tested and stuff like that. Then hitting that confidence going down, like, how oh, we got hype for nothing. So it's been it's been rough. But as a coach, we just try to get our players, stay, keep them level-headed, you know what I'm saying? So just fight yeah. through anything. So. Long, long, long as the coaching staff stay level-headed and keep them prepared no matter what, we'll be fine. Yeah, so y'all had y'all first two games this past week. Um, an unfortunate start starting 0-2. So yeah. what, what's been the reason behind that? Because, you know, it's kind of like ever since um, you've been there, Coach Atkinson took over, it's kind of like y'all turned the program, the whole program around. So how mm -hmm. is it to kind of – What's been the adjustment with knowing that you're starting 0-2? And, and I know that's not the start y'all expected to have this year. No, it's definitely not the start we expected to have. But I know we're going to bounce back. We play our uh, North Edge Cone on uh, Wednesday. And we're going to get back in the lab tomorrow. And we're going to figure out the problem. I mean, a lot of the problem right now is just like little small things that we're just trying to get the wrinkles out early, like far as getting back, talking on defense, making that extra pass for the wide open three just communicating on defense and communicating all over the court, small things. I mean, those these are our first two games. A lot of teams that we plan on play multiple, multiple games already. But as a staff, we tell like we don't use that as an excuse. We we know we're supposed to get done, and we should have won the first two games. But we played a, a, a solid program, Greenfield. They actually were in, in the same county as we are, Wilson, and they – People might know him from uh, Kobe White going to school there. So, yeah, it's like, yeah, they, they most definitely they're, they're a solid program. And we, we fought down there. They played Thursday, came up one point short. And then they, they just came yesterday, last night, and just just outplayed us, simply as that. Give, give them a hell of, you know, all the credit. They outplayed us. They was ready to go. We wasn't. So, I mean, it happens sometimes. We just got to uh, bounce back, man. We, we back in it. We back in the lab Monday tomorrow and we're gonna figure it out man we ain't expect to lose no more games but we're gonna figure it out yeah so you know now that you're on the coaching end of it you know you get to see everything different you know coming up bro we all hated our coaches at times but like now you yeah. see how how has that been an adjustment being on the coaching end of it instead of being on the player end uh it's not a big adjustment because I just really got out of plan so it's kind of like like a lot of things, like we we start off zero and two. We start off, we you know, so that ain't the start that we want. And we ask the players, what can we do better? 
And the players players responding back, it's not y'all. We just got to go out and give a better effort. So it's 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 not not that hard because we we you know so you develop that relationship with the players where they don't mind coming to talk to you about anything. And yeah. we, we, we we just try to make guys earn everything. So we say we tell them as far as playing time, it's not it's not up to us, it's up to you. If you come in and you bust your tail every day, you you know what I'm saying, you're gonna play, you're gonna find minutes and stuff. And some of the you know what I'm saying, some of the guys that uh haven't played much the first two games, we tell them just stay ready, man. You know what I'm saying? We might got to juggle lineups, we trying to find a good combination. Just stay ready because when we call your number, you gotta get ready to get, you know what I'm saying, you got to be ready to jump in there and you yeah. know what I'm saying, give us a good performance and stuff. So we just try to we just try to um get them prepared for anything. We just we we you know we capable of playing one through fifteen. So we just try to tell guys to stay ready and you know what I'm saying, just we keep everything in house. You got a problem or you got something, let's discuss it. We you know what I'm saying, we we'll figure it out. So it's not a it's not a big adjustment, but it's it's definitely an adjustment, but it's not really a big one for me. Yeah, so with being a coach, obviously, you know, with being an assistant coach, you, you deal with some of the recruiting. How has yeah. COVID affected coaches coming to watch y'all players? Because, I mean, like you said, y'all just started in January. Coaches, uh, it's, it's a year-round recruiting process anyway, but they're so used to by now, the season's halfway <clears throat> over, you know, typically you getting prepared for, depending on the state district, state championship and all that. So how has it affected some of your guys recruiting, especially some of the seniors because, you know, coming into the recruiting process, senior year is big for a lot of guys. You first start getting looked at as a junior, but your senior, you can have a breakout year. So how has that affected some of the guys who didn't have a lot of looks or even some of the guys who do have a lot of looks, but coaches can't make that trip? Uh, far as that, it might sound crazy. It's been some pros and cons as far as, far as that. It's been some pros and cons. So, like, first when COVID – first kicked off or whatever uh, a lot of schools a lot of schools can't really um go out and do any recruiting like they normally do like far as getting out there and recruiting the AAU and all that stuff so me and me and the staff we uh we actually use it to our advantage we know a lot of uh schools were at the house on their on their laptop looking looking to try to find a way to get ahead so we actually reached out to them knowing that they home and, you know what I'm saying, they yeah. trying to find a way to, you know what I'm get ahead of the game. We emailed them, and a, and a lot of schools emailed us back about our kids and sometimes five minutes. And I developed so many relationships doing it that way. So, like, now I, I be I talk to nearly about 25 schools on throughout the week, every week, and majority of them Division One. So it's like – and it, and it helped our kids out a lot because we, we use it to our advantage. But as far as them getting there and watching the game, for for our seniors, I mean, they got it where now Division Two can travel and watch what come come watch games live and stuff like that. But as far as Division One, they still can't come in your gym and watch kids. So that kind of hurt a little bit. But you know, we we try to make the best out of it, man. We got a good friend, uh, Drew Drew uh, Coleman. He he do a good job of recording our games. You probably seen on Twitter and stuff, yeah. and making good highlights. So we make sure we try to keep the the coaches. You know what I'm saying? Still tuned in by him fixing up some stuff for us and you know what I'm saying, getting it out to him. So like I said, man, we try not to make no excuse about nothing, man. It's definitely been a challenge, but you know what I'm saying, we we ready to take on anything. You know, we gotta do what you got to do, man. It's part of life. Yeah, hundred percent. I don't wanna ask the question because I don't wanna put you on the spot, but so I ask it in a different way. Who on y'all team, what player or players 
has the biggest expectations as far as I know y'all have a couple players that are going to go play D1 ball. So, you know, every team has that player or players that the season kind of rides on their performance. So if you can answer that, who was who y'all's MVPs uh, for this year? Uh, the one that had a big expectation for this year coming in. He um he currently not playing right now, but his name is Nation Waller. He um uh, he he started moving up in the rankings of everybody charts, and he um had got a bunch of Division One schools like high major schools were tuned in to watch him play. He out right now, so he had a big he had a big expectation on his back, the big monkey on his back. Mm-hmm. So, but current this the one that's currently playing right now is um probably Nazir Blackson. He um six five wing. And you know everybody tune in because he a high flyer. You know what I'm saying? He yeah. Down he that excited. He's excited. Yeah, yeah. You get him in the ring, he might put you on the post or whatever. So he 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 mainly got all the eyes right now. That nation Waller out, and I mean he been doing pretty good. He struggled. He got in foul trouble the first game Thursday night, but yeah, uh, last night he bounced back. He had like 22 points. I know he still ain't satisfied because we lost, but. He actually played a pretty good game, and I'm pretty sure the schools that tune in and watch them play were satisfied, satisfied also. So, yeah, I say Nazir Blackson. Yeah, so, like, you know, I just keep getting into the culture aspect. What do y'all tell? Because, you know, everybody wants to go D1. Everybody wants to play, you know, coming out of North Carolina, everybody wants to be a Tar Heel to play for the Duke Blue Devils, but we all know realistically that's not going to happen. You know what I'm saying? There's hundreds of D1 schools, but there's a, a thousand college programs to play ball at. So what do you tell players from your best to your worst as far as if it's not D1, it's not a failure? Because that's something that people think if you're not going D1, oh, dude, trash. So what do y'all tell your best players are going to get D1 offers, especially coming out of North Carolina? High school basketball is probably the biggest state when it comes to high school basketball. So that's why everybody kind of flocks to the same way they do the Florida in Texas and Cali for football, that's where recruitments flock to. You look at the names that came out of North Carolina, it's endless. But um, what do y'all tell them as far as, you know, has there been a guy who's gotten a D2 and be a little bit disappointed that it's not D1? Like, how do y'all help them know that going to college to play ball should be the goal, not necessarily D1 or nothing? Uh, we just try to tell them to keep all their options open because, um, and coach, um, coach, and he do a good job of giving out percentage of who make, who make it to college, who end up graduating from college, playing all four years, and who end up making it to the league. And it's kind of like when he give them no, no type of percentage, it's kind of like, wow. Like he'll look in, in the gym and say, hey, maybe two of y'all might go on, or maybe two of y'all might go and make it to the lead or play after. And they, you know what I'm saying? They, we 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 like we always screw them up on stuff like that, and what make it even better? Their coaching staff actually played Division One and Division Two, so it's kind of like we we let them know it's a lot of Division Two players that's currently playing Division Two that should that can beat a lot of Division One teams and be uh, and actually better than a lot of Division One players. Just ain't room for everybody. And this year was this year was something that a lot of people can learn. You know what I'm saying that can learn down the road, like, because I like, we don't have several Division Two teams knock off Division One team this year for upset. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's like, I mean, it's not room, it's not enough room for everybody. And we just tell them, man, the, the key thing, man, free education, the key, that's the, that's the main thing. Wherever you yeah. go, Division One, Division Two, you're getting a free education or whatever. And then after that, man, just, what if you ball out, 
the scouts gonna find you, whether it's overseas, G League, or whatever. So, I mean, we just try to tell them, just ball out, do what you can. The chips gonna fall where it's gonna fall, regardless. You know what I'm saying? God already got everything yeah. locked out for each kid. So, just do what you can do, and just follow His lead, and wherever that, wherever He lead you to, take it, take it. Yeah, and that's basically because, like, for I don't know about your whole coaching staff, but you know, I know Ant played for the Harlem Globetrotters, which yeah. isn't necessarily, in a lot of people's eyes, an ideal route of playing professional basketball, but it's professional basketball. Yeah. And then you came up in the ranks. You went to junior college first. Then you yeah. moved up and, and, and played NCAA. So, but people don't understand that. It's like, y'all can give them that. Like, man, we were y'all. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. We were good enough, probably could have went D1, but even Ant, like he didn't play in the NBA, but he made a name yeah. for himself and played for the Harlem Globetrotters. So I think like, Kids should listen to y'all more so than a lot of other people who's telling them D1, D1, because y'all know y'all started from the bottom and didn't go to a big time D1 school or nothing, but they ended up having a professional career. And now he's back, basically giving back and coaching. And the way it looks, it looked like y'all gonna be some winning coaches and build a name where, you know what I'm saying? What, you know you know how it go in high school. Once you stack your name up in the high school ranks, colleges are coming, they gonna start coming to y'all for jobs. Like, okay, you an assistant yeah. coach, so it's one of those things, but you know, I'm I'm a transfer over to the NBA. So man, the NBA season has been great. It's been trades, yeah. you know, James Harden is now with the Nets. Um, but I kind of want to get your take. Who's been we'll go who's been the most successful or surprising and disappointing, but for as far as teams, who's been the most surprising to you? And then go ahead and transition over to who's been the most disappointing. Uh I like. Other than my sons, I like what Phoenix, not Phoenix, but I like what Philly doing down there, man. They, Doc Rivers got down playing some good ball. And um, I say Joel, Joel and B been looking great. Seems like they got got great chemistry down there. And I think they're going to be dangerous down the road, when, especially when they come playoff time because of the size that they have. And they look like they don't learn how to use that size and go through and beat and everybody – you know what I'm saying? Play around him and Tobias Harris been playing pretty good, man. I, I like what they doing down in Philly, man. Yeah. And as far as disappointing, I got to go with the Heat. I got to go with the Heat. <laughs> they, 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 they ain't been right. No, your boys ain't. Yeah, man. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they ain't been right. They ain't been right. But uh, I think they, one thing about it, though, they got a uh, a solid team, though. I, I think they could get it together and make a run. As long as they get in the playoffs, man, with a team like that. I think they uh I think they'll figure that at some point, but yeah, they got off to a rocky start so far. Yeah, that's pretty much I've been on record, especially when it comes to most disappointing is the Miami Heat. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You come out the finals, uh take LeBron and AD and the Lakers to six. Jimmy Butler looked like on top of his game. So it was like to come out there, and I know it's fatigue. We've had COVID. The teams yeah. like they dealt with the COVID issue, missing players. I understand that, but I still didn't think like We'd be we'd have the fourth worst record in the NBA right now. Like if you would have told me coming off a finals run that when we turn it back around for next season, we had the first fourth worst record in the league. I, I I wouldn't believe it. I'd be like, no, they're not that bad. But it's also I think looking at our team is like a product of COVID and and you know playing that long and that short of a turnaround. Like we don't have the depth. We haven't had the depth to be able to get everybody fully healthy. And we've had like an yeah. injured roster. But it's no yeah. excuse to be one of the worst teams in the league right now. And then to your point about Philly, Joel Embiid is playing MVP basketball right now. 
And their team isn't their team doesn't look much different. I like what Seth Curry doing for Philly. Mm-hmm. I think he could yeah. be six man of the year. But right. I think my thing is coaching has everything to do with why Philly is so successful because their stars mm-hmm. are the same. They got Ben Simmons. They got him be. They got Tobias Harris. But we always said Brett Brown might have been the problem. And then now you look, they yeah. switch, they get Doc Rivers. My only concern with Philly is we haven't seen Philly deep in the playoff. I mean, they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals a couple of years ago, but then they've kind of flunked out since then. And Doc Rivers, you know, he's he's a great coach, but the later it gets into the playoffs, his coaching yeah. ability seems to fade away, uh, yeah. to put it in a nice way. So what about players? Because I know the list of surprising players is so long. Give me, you know, give me a few players who have upped their game and it's just, it's, it's surprised you. Uh, I like uh Karis Levert. He he been all right. You know he he ain't just doing it just because he on a he was he was on a good roster or whatever. I mean he he just he just a bucket getter. No matter where he at, I know um praying for him. Like I heard that he had a little great little surgery or whatever. But when he get back out there, I think he you know say he gonna he gonna he gonna show everybody what you know say what he capable of. Yeah, he could be running like his own team and stuff now. And where you put him with um with you know say with the roster that he going to uh Sabonis and all them that I think gonna be great over there but yeah he he one of those guys I like though yeah Carson Burke really been hooping I mean you know with the performance of everybody there's so many players you could go down the line like I think it's important yeah. Zach Levine um he's I will say surprising because he's playing at an all star level we knew he was yeah. good we knew he could play. And we knew once the once the leash came off, he was gonna go crazy. But he's playing at a yep. legit all star level right now, and so that's surprising to me. Um, Seth Curry being considered a six man of the year candidate right now, that's a yeah. surprise to me. I knew he was good. You know, we know he could shoot. We know he's Steph's little brother, and he's not Steph. Yeah. But with what he's been doing in that Philly offense and defensively too has been, I think, like, that's a, he could win most improved or sixth man of the year. I think he has a case for that. But the guy that's really been is Jeremy Grant in Detroit. Yeah, um, oh, yeah. They're bad. Yeah, they're a bad team. But as far as individuals, Jeremy Grant is playing at All-Star and probably a win most improved. I would assume him or yeah. Christian Wood out of Houston. I think those are my two yep. most improved players. And, and so, you know, that kind of goes back with Christian Wood and Jeremy Grant. They kind of journeyman I guess you could say would more so you know we know Grant played for OKC but that's another thing is like you look at Christian Wood's story and that's something you could carry over and tell the high school guys like look at this dude but yeah. his first five years he played for like six different teams was never a, a key contributor for any team everybody gave up on him he popped last year in Detroit and now look at him like he got that three-year yeah. uh six what 39 million dollar deal which is looks like he got underpaid but now he's an all-star. You know what I'm saying? He made a name. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that's gonna change soon. He keeps playing like that. Yeah, the way he's playing, he's playing like a hundred million dollar man. So it's yeah. just, but that's one of those things is everybody thinks you gotta be a star right away or you're a bust. But then you look at it like Christian Wood five years later is not an all-star. But and then another guy who I won't say surprising, but that he's continuing to get better is Brandon Ingram. Uh, what oh, he's yeah. doing, he was an all-star last year. We know that. Uh, I did. I always thought he was the guy that wouldn't fit that well with LeBron because of his type of game. But I knew Brandon Ingram could ball. But his type of game, I felt like I would have wanted to keep him if I was the Lakers. 
I felt like he was 10 times better than Kuzma, but his game yeah. doesn't fit with LeBron's. Like the way Brandon Ingram, it's not a coincidence that he leaves LeBron, leaves the Lakers, leaves LeBron. Cause his rookie year, when there was no LeBron James in the picture, Brandon Ingram was balling. Like people forget about it, but then yeah. it seemed like he fell off. His numbers dipped, his performance, he wasn't, he didn't fall off, but a guy who needs the ball in his hands to get a bucket just isn't going to fit along with LeBron. Like, and so it's yeah. a reason why he's now, he's going to be a consistent all-star for who knows the next seven, eight years. Um, but you know, we hit the most surprise. So who's been the most disappointing? I know like, you don't always want to say disappointing because it's come off as hate. And when you say this guy isn't meeting expectations, because once I give you mine, you're going to be surprised. But it, when you say that, you seem like you hating, but th there's a few players who just, even though they play great, they, they, they're figured out. Like, like I go with Giannis. Giannis has been the most disappointing to me. You look yeah. at his numbers, he's, you look at his numbers and he's MVP level, but the NBA has figured him out. Like, I really yeah. think Milwaukee yeah. isn't as dangerous this year. Plus you got the big three over there in Brooklyn, but they figured Giannis out. And like, he's hurting without a jump shot because he's not the passer that Ben Simmons is. Everything is big body for him. Ben Simmons can get to the rack with his ball handling skills. Giannis isn't the best ball handle. He's not the best shooter. He I just, think Chris Middleton is the best player on that team, to be real. Man, you know, somebody team. said that. Somebody said that to me probably three weeks ago. And I'm like, man, you crazy. But I owed him apology because I said, bro, Chris Middleton's playing like he's probably the best player. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't necessarily say, I wouldn't put him over Giannis, but it's just the fact Chris Middleton has different aspects of his game. Giannis doesn't. Yeah. He's an athletic freak. And that's been figured out. You know, teams back up. They play him the same way they play Ben Simmons. But the difference is Ben Simmons is a ball handler. Ben Simmons yeah. been playing point guard his whole life. Giannis can handle the ball enough not to turn it over. But he's still, he's been a little bit of a disappointment. And I kind of think Luka's inconsistency been, been he, he's still balling. He's still Luka. But he's been inconsistent. And he hasn't been able, I thought he was going to elevate his game to take Dallas over the top, but they've been another mm -hmm. disappointing team. And I think part of that is because as great as Luca is, he didn't get better. He's just as good as he was last year, but he didn't get better. And I know they always say, well, you hit a ceiling. Well, you're not gonna hit your ceiling at 21 years old. Like I told yeah. people when everybody was saying, well, Luca, I'm like, if, if this is the best he's gonna be, he's gonna be in trouble, not because he won't be an all-star every year, but if he can never take his team, he's not going to be LeBron. LeBron got better every year of his career. Kobe, you know, Michael Jordan, all those guys, they always got better. Even as they got older, they just figured out, especially Kobe. Yeah. I feel like Kobe was the pioneer of getting older and still figuring out, you know what I'm saying, where I could be effective. So that's kind of the thing. Luka's inconsistent, and I think it's because as great as he is, he just didn't get better. Mm -hmm. But um, me personally, I go with uh, Porzingis. He... He he been a real big disappointment. Like at that size, he all he does is stand on the outside, shoot, 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 and yeah. he 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 don't help the team much. And he they looking for him to play big, and he he play he's seven whatever, but he he don't play at that si at, at, at that size as far as on the defense or offensive end. And I think that might be one of the big reasons why Dallas up and down and stuff like that. Me personally, I don't think it's Luca, but I think he. He kind of looking for some help because he's not the type that want to take 25, 30 shots in yeah. one game. He'll pick his spots and he like to dish it out and all that stuff too. So I think if Porzingis get on get on the right track some way, somehow, like, you know, so we know he capable of, I think you'll see them 
start playing a lot better ball. But yeah, that's who I go with so far as like being dis me being disappointed of man. He also can't stay on the court, man. He always yeah, hurt. he's always hurt. So it's I know sometimes you can't help it because I don't been injured before, but. I mean, if, if, if I'm not a Dallas fan, but if I was, I would like to see him be on the court a lot more. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you've been hurt, but injury prone is, you know, one of your hurt yeah. all the time. Like, you come back, yeah. you show us some excitement. Oh, Porzingis back, and then he's dropped again for another three, four weeks. Yeah. So, last thing I want to hit on before I let you go is I want to talk about Bradley Bill. Um, oh, yeah. He's, if he was on any other team in the league, he probably would be considered the MVP. He's playing like uh-huh. a top five player in the league. We know he was. he's always been really good. But I think this year he put himself on the map as being great. He's a top seven player right now, the way he's playing, uh, not mm-hmm. to take away from any of the guys that you would have in the top seven that I might have moved out. But just right now, but what do you think? Should Bradley Bill ask out? Because I feel like he's unhappy, but I feel like he's loyal <coughs> and he doesn't want to do what James Harden does or what James Harden did to Houston. But I think he's running into that point. Like, I think Harden asked out because he just knew I was never going to win the championship in Houston. And he might have went about it wrong. But at the end of the day, Harden want to win the championship. That's the last thing he doesn't have on his resume. Do you think Bradley Bill should won out? And then if you do, what te- what three teams do you think should jump as soon as Bradley Bill requests a trade if he does? I mean, I, I feel like he got every right to um, be frustrated and – maybe want to change. It's crazy because I was just watching the game right before I hopped on with they playing the Knicks. And um, they, I think they gave it like almost close to 40 points in the first quarter. And you can just see on his face every time the Knicks scored and he powering and he stuff. And, and that's something I really don't want to really want to see. So if he don't got to that point with him where he powering and powering and like every time the team scored, he walked to the bench, like he don't want to be a part of them or whatever. I think, I think it's time for him to leave. Yes, you know what I'm saying? If that if if, if that's the way he's gonna act. So obviously he fed up, he don't reach his breaking point. Like he, he done been there for a good little while. So he got every right to kinda wanna see a change. It's kinda a little different James Harden because James Harden wasn't drafted to that team. He was actually there. He's he been there his whole career. So it's kinda like I don't did enough. What have y'all done for me to try to get talent around me? You know what I'm saying, to help me yeah. help me out. You know, so it's kinda and I don't see too many people want to go play for Washington. They don't. They they haven't gave nobody that reason to want to go over there and join Bradley Bill. So, yeah, I, me personally, I, I would like to see him leave. And you know, where would you like different. to see him go? Like, I mean, I know we all want to see like if Bradley Bill becomes available. Everybody yeah. who's a fan of their team is gonna. I want Bradley Bill on my team. I think realistically, I think Pat Riley might shoot his shot at Bradley Bill. I think he might call Washington and and go ahead and try and make that trade for Bradley Bill. I know we were interested in James Harden, but I think with Pat Riley, age played a factor on why he didn't go all in on Harden. And he knew, like, we were going for Giannis. Giannis signed the five-year deal, so we know we're not getting him a free agency. All these guys except Kawhi Mm -hmm. have have signed their extensions. LeBron, Paul George, Anthony Davis. So I don't really think that we're going to hit free agency. So I think he looked at the situation and was like, man, look, Bradley Bill, he might want out of there. He's a great player. He's in a bad situation. And so I think he valued Bradley Bill's 27, Harden's 32. I'd rather go all in with a guy I'm going to have for years. But what would be the two or three teams you think should go for him instead of where you'd like to see him go? What what two or three teams do you think that he'd take to that and playoff teams that would be a championship team with him? 
Uh, one of the teams I was gonna say was the Miami Heat. I think they, I think they got some some pieces that can can get the trade done. Obviously, I don't want to see Tyler. I won't want to see Tyler Hero being involved with that, but I think they got some some few players that they make and get that deal done. And uh, another team, I don't, they ain't what you really call like a championship contender, but I like to see the Spurs even throw their shot out there. You know, yeah. you know. It's time for them to. Uh, I know they got Murray at the point. It's time for them to bring some look, some excitement back over there too, because they want to know kind of um, organizations. You they don't stay down long, and I think by bringing in Bradley Bill and some of the pieces that they got, it could it could it probably could change their um, organization a little bit. It still take more than Bradley, but it'd be a good start. And I think he won't mind going over and start a special plan for um, Coach Pop. So. He most, I think that most definitely be a good move for him. Yeah, that's an interesting one. I haven't really heard San Antonio. I think the a team, I, I really think if he requests a trade, if he formally says, I want out of there, I think a team that could dark horse make a play, I don't know if they'll get him. Because I look at their roster and I'm like, I don't know if, as deep as they are, I don't think they have enough. I think the Lakers. I yeah. think LeBron James would consider, and you know, it all, every organization he's at, it's what LeBron wants. And so I think between Rob Palenka and LeBron and AD, I think he's earned that right now too, to have some say. So I think they would sit down with that front office. Uh, LeBron and AD would sit down with Palenka and say, hey, look, Bradley Bill out there, we have a lot. We could give up the future. Who cares about draft picks? They're a championship team. They're either going to win the championship or be at least in the conference finals for the next three to four years at the very least. And they still, they got AD for five. And you never know, he might want to stay with the Lakers for life. And so him, he's what, AD's 26, Bradley Bill's 27. I could very well see LeBron saying, well, look, we giving up our future, but even when I retire in two to three years, you gonna have Bradley Bill and AD in LA to build a team around. So I think that's something that people should watch out for is LeBron would even, he'll give up the future, but it wouldn't be to leave the Lakers high and dry. It'd be like, when I leave, you still have, you're in LA. A lot of people will come to the Lakers and that one, that signing a veteran for one year has been working. They won a championship off it last year. They look like they could win a championship again this year with kind of veteran minimums and just bringing guys in for one or two years. So I think if LeBron leaves, whenever he retires, and I think he's gonna retire in the Lakers uniform, whenever he retires, he'd be leaving the Lakers Trading for Bradley Bill, he'd be leaving them with Bill and AD. But do you do you think the Lakers will low key try and make a play? Make a play if Bradley Bill wants out. Most definitely, you can't any, any team LeBron on you. You can't put up past that team. And me personally, I think that's the reason why they might be playing Tucker a lot because that's another young guy that teams interested in. And, yeah, and you know, I noticed that. Yeah. I noticed that yeah, last night because they 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 yep. started playing them in the beginning of the season and then like it just. They yeah. took him out of the rotation. And I noticed like the last couple games against Philly, against uh, Boston last night, yeah. that Horton Tucker back playing some 15, yeah. 16 minutes. I was like, okay, yeah. I think they're going to make a play for somebody, whether it's Bradley Bill or not. But I think that's going to be their yeah. way boosting like Horton Tucker so they don't have to give up. Like you're giving up Kuzma if you trade for any all-star yeah, player, Kuzma right gone. And I think they'll yeah. be okay with that because I look at their roster. I was actually talking about this yesterday and looked at it. And I'm like, if they gave up Kuzma, Horton Tucker, Caruso, and even Montrez Harrell, uh, I think yeah. Harrell would be a name that would have to be included for a guy like Bradley Bill. 
just because his he's a big name. He's he's gonna have to go. You're gonna have to make some enticing. And so I looked and I'm like, well, your starting five will be Schroeder, Bill, LeBron, AD, and Mark Gasol. There's not a starting five touching that. And I think the next closest yeah. would be either Milwaukee or Brooklyn. And I'd take a big three of Bradley, Bill, LeBron, and AD over Harden, KD, and Kyrie. And I think that's something LeBron looking at. We know LeBron yeah. plays chess. I don't, I don't think they'll get rid of Montrez, but I do think they'll include in Dennis Schroeder. So you think they'd include Schroeder instead of Montrez? Yeah, I think they'll they include Dennis before they do Montrez. Because you, you think about LeBron teams, he don't really need an actual point guard because he can slide right to that spot. Yeah. And you won't even miss a beat. So that's why they weren't really too impressed of bringing Rondo back. So they would just try, they brought Dennis in there to be able to give him some break without handling the ball so much. But when you talk about bringing somebody like Bradley in, LeBron can easily slide back to that spot. And then you can have Bradley doing his thing with AD down low. And you still got a uh, high power six man like Montrez coming off the bench. And you yeah. ain't missing nothing, you know what I mean? So, or Montrez can slide right in and start lineup. So, I think me personally, I think Dennis would be included before, um, before Montrez. But you never know. Yeah, I, I, think I had if to if look. If I'm mistaken, I think LeBron and Montrez got the same agent too. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he signed with Clutch Sports, yeah. so they do. Yeah. And, and I looked at the roster, and I'm like, well, it, it came down to Schroeder and Montrez for me. But I was like, with Schroeder being the ball handler, I'm thinking like, if LeBron has a starting five with him, Bill. AD and Mark Gasol, LeBron will be able to take breaks even more often than he does now. Cause you look at when he come off, he can sit a lot more and get ready for the playoffs. Cause you have Bill or you'll have Schroeder or you'll have AD, but you'll always have a guy on the court where the offense can run through them. Schroeder can run an offense and he's a scorer. He can shoot, you know, he, he's a scorer. He's not the most, he, he's not the greatest point guard. He's not Rondo when it comes to decision-making but he still can run an offense and he can score. And I'm just looking at Montrez, as great as he's been, I, I just, I don't know. I think he's missing something. And I think it's on the defensive end. Like I just, Montrez hasn't been the greatest defender. As great as he is coming off the bench, he just, the Lakers are finally preaching defense. They did that last year and this year. And I just think Montrez, he kind of gets exposed sometimes on that pick and roll option. And I know that's your guy, but it's just been like on that pick and roll option has been, uh, I forget what game it was exactly but they like they they exploited that whole uh mismatch and ran pick and roll i think it was against portland matter of fact and uh they ran mm -hmm. pick and roll much and killed them all night and so i think that's something the lakers will factor into is like montrez is great offense he hustles he's he's yeah. he's a bad he's not the greatest defender but he hustles he gonna get you rebounds yeah. he tries on defense so i can't knock him for that I just don't think he got the quickest feet inside. The side movement isn't the quickest, but he gonna give you everything he got every mm -hmm. night. But I think it would just be the fact of Schroeder being a ball handler and a score with the ball in his hands would be why they probably give up Montrez. But like you said, LeBron also takes his friendships and relationships serious. And so it's not a coincidence Trez is with the yeah. Lakers and signed with Clutch Sports. You know, LeBron might not be the most loyal to his organizations, but when it comes to his friendships and his guys that are with Clutch Sports, he probably would say, you could get rid of anybody but AD and Trez. Like, he probably yeah. would literally tell Palenka, like, if Trez is in the deal, I don't want Bradley Bill. As great as it would be, like, that's my guy. So that's definitely, that's definitely something to look out for. I think, you know, like you said, when LeBron comes in, you can't put nothing past him. But 
Shoot, yeah. this gonna this gonna wrap up the show, bro. I appreciate you for coming on. So I'm gonna let you before we out. hop no, before we hop off, I got one question for you. What happened to your buckeyes, man? Oh, <laughs> oh, I got one question for I you. Try, what happened I to your tried buckeyes? to get past hey man, we deserve to be in the we deserve to be in the national <laughs> championship, bro. We just got blown out, bro. It's all good. He tried to get oh. me on the show too. He could have waited for all camera for that. I'm editing it out. Don't worry about it. But yeah, man, well, you know, we came up short, man. We blew Clemson out. I really thought we had a chance, but then once we played on the field, I just realized, bro, Bama was just that much better than everybody. It didn't matter who they played. Y'all were missing that pass Y'all were missing that pass. I was, ho- I was hoping y'all win, but y'all were missing that pass rusher, man. That put pressure yeah. on the quarterback. Yeah, this year was different for Ohio State, bro, because we didn't have – we always had a Bosa brother, Chase Young. We just didn't have that this year. And we our secondary was horrible this year. Y'all got, y'all, got, y'all got no pad rushers coming in. I seen y'all recruiting class. So yeah, recruit class is going crazy over the next couple of years. Yeah, so I'm yeah. really not worried about it. I hate that we didn't yeah, win it, but we'll get one in the next couple of years. But our secondary and our pass rush, which is usually our two strongest things, was terrible. Our best corner was horrible. And wasn't nobody guarding Devontae Smith anyway. Yeah, y'all so, going to bounce back, though, man. Yeah, I just, I mean, you know, I'm just hoping your nose finally start having a name for themselves since we talking, uh, hey. we attacking hey, we folks' come, college football team. We're, we're, hey, we, we, we just had, we just had to reestablish the program and we were bouncing around, but now we got Mike Novell in, man. He seemed like he about I mean, his business. And when it comes down to it, bro, with a pro a program with that kind of history, bro, like they'll be down for a minute, but it, yeah. it'll turn, it'll turn back around. My University of Miami, Florida State. You know, they yeah. history will tell you, bro, just, you know, putting on that helmet and playing for have nose across your okay. jersey will be good enough. They still been recruiting. I think coaching was just a problem over there. But, you know, yeah. yeah so now we're going to wrap it up and I'm going to give you the floor. You know what I'm saying? Tell us social media where we could catch some of y'all games um, coming up in the near future. I know some you have to pay to stream on certain ones, but just tell us where we can follow you and follow the team. Uh, far as uh watching Wilson Prep games, man, you can watch all home games on our uh, YouTube channel. Type in Wilson Prep basketball or something like that. You should see it come right on up. And yeah, man, you you can check us out up there, man. On way games, we on a lot of teams got this other site that uh they use, but you got to pay. But yeah, man, just check us out home games, man. You can go um log on to our YouTube channel, man. Type in the school name, and she'll pop right on up, man. Support the boys, man. At Wilson Prep. Yeah, most definitely, man. So, hey, bro, I appreciate you coming on, bro. As always, it's good talking. And, bro, I'll definitely check in and have you back on probably midway through the season and see, you know, if y'all turn it back around. But on that note, up in flames is out.